Good afternoon. This is Dale Marshall and Davina Richardson of the Twisted Roots podcast. And we are still missing a couple of members, but that's okay. They're doing well. And we're looking forward to them joining us the next time. Also want to uh, give a shout out to our technical manager, advisor, director. I'll have a different title for her uh, the next time. Uh, Miss Abigail P. Walcott, thank you. She's helping us keep track of time and handle all of the uh, technical details. Thank you, Miss Abigail Walcott. Yes, thank you. So today, a um, couple things we wanted to continue on our uh, with our discussion on mental health. I think we kind of scratched the surface on a couple of things, and we and that um, we just didn't have enough time to delve deep into. And uh, we're going to try to delve a little deeper today, and 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 bring up a couple of new things, and and we'll piggyback on that on the next session. So mental health check-in. Um, to start, you know, we were talking about again looking at the the bigger picture of mental health, and and then kind of narrowing down, narrowing the it down. Yeah, exactly. Um, and you know, when we were not recording, we were we were talking about um, social media and how that impacts mental health. We were talking about all the things that we could do if we were to work collectively together, um, how how further we could advance as, as a human race if we weren't always so selfish. But the old all-encompassing capitalist machine, it always seeks to maintain that foothold so that there is a system of valuation. As we talked about, you know, why we recognize that the barter system would never be a, a dominant mechanism of paying or exchanging for things because with the dollar system, we have also ascribed our sense of value, whereas the barter system does not allow for a clear delineation of more valuable versus less. Why? Because the playing field then becomes level because you may be great at doing hair. I may be great at writing. So when you need me to write the advertisement for your hair company, guess what? Who are you going to look at? Me. But in some respects, you as a hairdresser, we know you make a lot more money than sometimes a writer because you don't always get published. You don't always get picked up. So that monetary delineation is what keeps us in a us-them construct. Mm -hmm. Barter system won't afford the capital system to maintain itself if it ever had a chance to get some momentum. Well, I feel like that's why we... Only a few will will do exceptionally well. Some of us will do okay, okay, and some of us are okay with doing okay, survive and thrive. And there's a difference. There's mm -hmm. a difference. But some people are okay with doing okay. So um, again, it, it's about the definition of success. So your definition of success could be very different than my definition of success. So you know, success for me might be, um, you know, driving a bus. You know, and but still being home with my kids and, you know, um, doing family things and outings. And I may not want a PhD. I may not, you know, want to, you know, hobnob with the wealthy and affluent. You know, I, I might like my my little three bedroom home or, you know, maybe my two bedroom apartment, you know, it's, it's convenient and it's right down the street from the subway. And I'm okay with that. You know, you know, that kind of correlates to what you talked about earlier when you were talking about how people, 
identify or discern whether or not they're experiencing a mental health uh, episode or event because you may be comfortable with your circumstances. You may not feel motivated to even evaluate if what your choices are, if they're bringing you something positive versus negative or just keeping you exactly mm-hmm. where you are. Mm-hmm. So that's the difference between being successful and just kind of surviving those versus who are impoverished, if you will. So a mental impoverishment, I think, is what we're seeing a proliferation. Of. I mean, we are in a time where people are unapologetic about the degradation that they perpetuate on a day-to-day basis. I I don't see there being any motivation or incentive. Like we were talking about the incentive to do something different with those algorithms that that we recognize are being used to manipulate us and Mm -hmm. to get us swayed in a particular way. There is no motivation to do anything positive with those things because you can't monetize it and get a value that we have all agreed that we are going to accept. So is, is at the end of the day, is everything going to be about money? Is it, you know, the Isn't medication that, the that we need, the food that we need to eat, the health care, the education, everything is, is it, if, if, if even mental health, think about it. Everything going to revolve Prozac, around money. Zoloft, pharmaceutical companies, they will they get you on a comeback. Vicodin, Oxycontin, Percocet. Over patience. You, know, you hear that a lot. In, in what is it all industry. for, though? What is it all for? Like, to what are maintain. we really trying to achieve? And what are we trying to maintain, though? At the end of the day, well, if you have, if you go by other people, we want to keep America great. We want America to stay great. But we're trying to get to Mars. Well, yeah, because we've already decimated this planet. We've over, we've over inhabited. We've over consumed. So, what are we teaching the youth? Like what kind of examples are we? Well, really that's why we're talking setting? about mental illness and mental health. Because again, think about it. All of this is born of our thought process, born of our emotions, born of our need for gratification. Isn't that tantamount? Oh, oh yes. Because we don't even worry about self acceptance. We worry about how other people value us and validate us. Because that's why having so many likes and so many TikTok videos is so important for people. Because that we need an external locus more than we need to rely on that internal locus for motivation and thrive and, and, and self-acceptance. There's a movie coming out, uh, Dear Evan something something. And it's so interesting when I look at the trailer because he it talks about how he was so so self-loathing and, and so internalized about he has no worth, he has no value. And so he had an assignment from his therapist to write, I guess, a letter to himself. I don't understand the whole mm-hmm. premise, but what I can glean is he had to write a letter to himself. And it was one other boy. He seemed semi-popular versus this kind of quiet wallflower main character. And the boy who said, well, I guess we'll both be somebody today. And so he wrote his name on the perceived nobody's cast and he snatched his letter, his assignment to himself. And then he turned off, turned around and killed himself. And so everyone thought that they were friends because they thought he wrote the letter to the wallflower and it was so touching and moving. It created this whole momentum of feel good and mm-hmm. reaching out and, and connectivity and all this stuff. When all the while it was all rooted in a lie. Mm-hmm. Is that not tantamount to where we are in this country? We have built this whole system <laughs> on a lie that I have the right to uh, uh, annex your space. I have the right to dictate to what you do in your in your own land. I have a right to take over as long as I can beat you 
browbeat you, mm-hmm. hurt you, push you into war, and overwhelm you. Yeah. And are we not still seeing those kind of principles on smaller levels? You got your Karens, you got your police. There's a video of a lady literally walking her dog, and the cop jumps on her because she asked him to put his mask on. And he's walking up on her and doesn't understand why she's backing off. So now he's saying, well, why are you trying to avoid me? Because we're in the middle of a pandemic and you're walking up on me and I'm trying to go home. I am just walking my dog. He literally jumps on her and is pushing her to the ground and twisting her all up. And yet, we still don't seem to understand that as a human being, how did you get so entrenched in this encounter to where you're flinging a woman around with a chihuahua? <laughs> You're flinging around like a rag doll because she's on a beach that's supposed to be closed. What's so what is so hard about saying, ma'am, the beach is closed. I'm gonna I'm gonna need you to leave the premises and going about your business. I mean, you are so angry, so triggered that you did not see anything wrong with you being a position of authority. You didn't see anything wrong about you violating her civil rights. You didn't see anything wrong with you violating the ordinance about space and mass matter. You violated all of that because somewhere in you. But somewhere, but is that not mental illness? Because in that, in that vanity, in that ego, in that pride, yeah. that's somewhere in you. Somewhere in your mental health state, it was okay. And that's why I say there's a proliferation of I do what makes me feel good and validates where my headspace because that's my truth. That's yeah. So back to what you were saying, like there's something incongruent within that individual. You know, a lot of times I, I find myself having conversations with people about spiritual warfare, where it's like, it's internal. There's a conflict within the individual, you know? And so there's this person, it's who you are and it's who you want to be, but it's also sometimes what how other people see you. So it's like, there's three people there. There's three entities there and you're trying to make this congruent. You you're trying to connect line, them, but they can't. And they can't. And, and, but that's what life is about. I think that applies to all of us, who you are and who do you want to be? And sometimes we can never make that leap. And then again, we have this third individual that, that mask where other people mm-hmm. think you're this. Mm-hmm. Look at all those, um, um, serial killers. They were deacons. They worked in the church. They worked here. They worked oh. there. They, you know, they had, they were married. They yes. had children. They were on the PTA. You know what I'm saying? So yes. again, people saying all these wonderful things about this yes. individual, but at every night they're putting a, a hockey mask on or a st- stocking cap Sneaking on out at the, at the and, and murdering and raping people. Are you kidding me? You know, so again, and, and the, so that's got to be difficult for the individual because like, I, I have to pretend to be this person for the, the, the people in the community and obviously my family. And then, but then this, 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 there's this no. thing inside of me. I, I don't know if he wants to be that, but he is that. But then again, it's like this duel and then this triad, you know, Not so it's like it's right we- or flip it, but. You said it must be hard, but did you ever watch an episode or any any Superman movie? He didn't find it hard to flip on and off that cape. I'm just saying, not to be you know not to, not to be facetious, but I think people who are master manipulators, the facade is necessary because they can't do the real work or the real thing that they value if they don't keep it in the shadows. Mm-hmm. So I think that that's why we now see this breakdown in connectivity and relationship and lawlessness because the facade is breaking down through the mask 
And unfortunately, the reason why I think this is just my theory, I think it is breaking down because you can't keep a house of cards in the middle of a tornado. No way. You can't. So right now we have we have all kind of manner of devastation and things going on that are of a natural design that can't be controlled, can't be covered up, can't be can't be shielded, and all of the other things that they that people have put in place to give the facade impression or or or, or idea that things are all well put together and managed when they really aren't, because you told yourself that you were controlling things. When really the reality is, can you really control human nature? Can you really control human experience? Can you really yeah. control choice? Can you really control motivation? If we could, don't you think that there'd be a lot small Americans? So yeah, I feel like it, it all comes back again to from very early what what's been modeled for us, what's been taught. And whoa, what whoa! We've... You're not talking about woke people because you know you don't have to worry about what people used to do if you woke. <laughs> I know human nature. I know human development. True. And, you know, we, the way we are designed, you know, if you put me in a situation, I mean, they've done experiments and we are trained to do certain things. We are creatures of habit. Yes. We are conditioned based on our circumstances. That's why when someone has been repeatedly traumatized, there's certain behaviors that will manifest because of that, that trauma because of that trauma. And so, and, and, and when the trauma ends, the behavior doesn't stop. The beha- it's like that, let me give you the perfect example and everyone likes to use it. It's like that child that was abused and neglected and didn't have enough to eat. And then you put them in a foster home, right? And the foster family dinner, nice spread. And the child is like, gobble, 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 gobble. And he's putting food in his pockets. And, and it's, it's, it's food under the bed and it's food under the pillow because he doesn't know when I'm going to eat again. You know? So it, it, it's like, no, you just changed that whole that child's whole environment. Look, there's food at your fingertips. There's no lock on the refrigerator. The refrigerator is not empty. You can, you can ask, you know, and certain things you don't even have to ask. If you're hungry, grab an apple, grab an orange, grab a banana. But see, what you're talking about is an automatic expectation that he understands what is normalcy for them. And that's where we talk about mental illness, because just because that's normal for you, when you bring somebody like that in your circle and you recognize that there is a difference in what is considered normal eating habits versus abnormal eating habits, you see that there's a there's a maladaptive process going on. But the problem is, is the powers that be, the people that make the rules, that a lot of times you're vilified when you have those situations, circumstances that are beyond your control that you've been conditioned into. I mean, case in point, when you were talking about something earlier and I was just thinking, okay, well, let's take the, let's take the analogy you just gave about the child. Well, let's flip it around to criminality. And according to the law, if you avoid the police, that's automatically indication of criminality. Well, no, because for us, we have learned that the paddy rollers and law enforcement are not here to serve and protect us. Nope. They're actually meant to control us and, and cojoil Over, us overseer. into the system of what you all want yeah. to effectuate. So, but guess what? The law doesn't recognize that. The law says, oh, if I don't want to engage police officers because I'm afraid, no, something must be wrong with me. I must be some kind of criminal. I must be suspicious. I must be into some level of lawlessness. So when you talk about normalcy versus abnormal in the context of the thems, 
there's going to always be disconnect when it comes to us. Well, I didn't necessarily bring up the the, the two, but what, what I brought up is that what we learned, like so our experiences, that what condition is. So yeah, been a condition. So so it's hard to break away from that. Is yeah. my whole point. But there's the two conditions. So there's the African American condition, and then there's the condition that they have set up for the play for the playbook. Hmm. And that's why that's why it, that's why we are saying that you see the house cards is breaking because now we're recognizing, hold up. If you said justice for all, then how come my experience is this? Well, we always knew that. We always questioned Yeah, but it. now guess what? That's what I'm saying. When we're talking about woke and challenging conditions and things like that, that's why this is, that's why you see a clash going on right now. Because we are all stuck in the same situation by nature that we are all being affected by. But you see that there, how we are managing it, how we are dealing with it, is creating a conflict. Because most of us who are affected by the pandemic because we lost jobs or whatever are usually minorities because we usually. have a lower economic status than the majority. They can afford to work from home and all that. A lot of us can't. And so now you see that that need for resources is going to affect them because they're the ones that are policymakers. And you also see them trying to vilify folks as being lazy, not wanting to go back to work and all that. But guess what? We still can't ignore that this pandemic has created a dynamic where we have to recognize that there is a give and take dynamic. But the problem is you still want to take and want me to go risk my life and not give me the necessary provisions to help myself. So listen, how do we how do we sell mental health? And when I say sell it, sell the 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 significance of having maintaining good mental hygiene how do we sell that how do we convince our own okay everybody if you will but specifically our own because historically we don't trust the certain man. people the mm -hmm. system mm -hmm. the the imaginary system that that's not imaginary at all but how, you know how do we how do we convince them how do we get them to buy in so they can be able to accept the, the resources that are out there for them and and try to actually do the necessary work because this is the thing i have clients and sometimes i'm not really sure what they think i'm supposed to do um when, when, with the, again ex, okay thank you and and i don't have a magic wand i just don't i don't have any magic pills um, I don't have any weed in my pocket. And and the thing is, weed doesn't work. And I'm going to say this right now. Marijuana doesn't fix anxiety or depression or legal. bipolar. How about this? I have to say this. I just listened to um, Peter Tosh's song, Legalize It. I listened to like the reggae station and it came on. It was so funny. I never really listened to all the lyrics, even though I've heard the song a gazillion times over the years. And he said, he said something like it cures, he said tuberculosis, <laughs> he said bronchitis, <laughs> I, he mentioned like a bunch, of, he said asthma, I was cracking, I didn't realize that he was mentioning all of these mental health, not mental health, physical illnesses that marijuana could help with or was curing. And I just, I was just, I was just cracking up. I was like, no, he didn't say asthma and bronchitis. And it, it was just really funny. If you haven't heard the song, go listen to it. It's pretty hilarious. But anyway, but it it, it really doesn't. It, it, it just doesn't. I mean, if you just look at the history, I feel like if it did, um, 
And I don't know, because we, we have this relationship with America. It just feels like there's certain things that they want us to know, obviously, and, and a lot of things they don't want us yes. to know. And so, and, and we... We, we are very aware of that. And so that's why a lot of people don't trust, again, the system or the powers that be, because historically they have, they have not had our best interests. And I think I've said that in a previous podcast. Again, don't know if it was recorded, but I don't know if they have our best interests. They don't make decisions that that demonstrate that they have us in their best interests or that they even care about us or that they they're. It just it, it doesn't it doesn't, it doesn't say about valuation earlier. Yeah, yeah. It, it goes back because you can't you can't be altruistic and still maintain the us them dynamic. It won't work. One of the things I want to mention that you talked about, you talked you were talking about the history of or just certain examples of police behavior and the you know I think you kind of touched on the brutality and the things that that go on. And so it's so interesting. Like any documentary that I can watch or have uh, access to on the history of whether it's slavery, um, on the genocide, you know, the other genocides after slavery against uh, people of color, African-Americans, Black people, uh, white supremacy. I watched their documentaries as well, you know, just for for, um, information. I just find it like you have all these quote unquote historians and and all these other people that have whatever titles they're holding and they have like like facts and information and still we just still like repeat. we repeat but we but again the powers that be still kind of go through this thing navigate through this thing like we we didn't know that was happening and we didn't know that was going on and no that's not going on when a lot of the things that are happening today do mimic it's very similar it mirrors what what went on there and what what went on back then and it's like i don't understand because there's not they're they trying to save the face and they're trying to save face are they is is is, is it they're trying to distance themselves is it you know, to pretend like these things didn't happen no. and these things are still happening because they don't want to to pay reparations. They don't want to be held accountable. They don't want to be held responsible for their behaviors and their no, actions. No, they don't want the system I'm to confused. break down. <sighs> and, so, and, and, and so to answer your question, what is the solution for us to address mental illness or as we perceive it to be going on right now. Stop mentally abusing us. How about well, that? No, well, no yeah, about, yeah, yeah. Well, Let's start with okay, that. Because well, well, there me, is mental me abuse. I, I do agree with you in that respect, but you can't control what other people do. And I think the first thing is controlling what you do. If you already know the system is set up against you, there's ways to insulate yourself. There are ways to create a buffer zone. There are ways to keep yourself out of the Listen, when you're already, when you're already in survival mode, I don't know I how it, well you're going to be able to to do all of I those get it, things. But let's just talk I about try. let's just talk about basic stuff. Okay. okay, let's just talk about basic stuff. If you know that if you if you know that you come from an impoverished background, you know, mom didn't graduate school, or you always lived in in the projects, you mm-hmm. were on Section Eight stuff mm-hmm. like that. You already know what that lifestyle looks like, and if you begrudge it, then why repeat it? Right. 
Why repeat it? You, we have opportunities now. It would be one thing, and I got into this conversation with someone we were talking about HBCUs, and they did serve a purpose when we didn't have access. We now have access to any school we want to go to. And matter of fact, some of the non-African-American schools give you more scholarships than the, 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 than the HBCUs. But this is the challenge. We have access to education. We have access to the internet. Even if you don't get it at school, you have you can look up TikTok. You can look up uh, you can look up a crate challenge, but you won't look up. No one has to teach you critical race theory. No one has to teach you about how the systemic racism affects you. Look in your neighborhood. Look at the fact that when they were going to redistrict Montgomery County, a lot of people rallied because they was like, "Well, that means that people in underperformed schools can now go to outperform schools." Well, guess what? If you're a good teacher in this school, you can be a good teacher for these students as well. Well, well let me say this about that because I feel strongly. You know, I haven't done any research or studies, but just working in the field that I've worked in, I truly feel that a lot of our kids have a lot of learning disabilities for a plethora of reasons, whether they were exposed to substance while in uterine, the, the environment trauma, environmental trauma, you know, whatever, physical lack trauma, abuse and neglect, the lack of effective parenting. There's so many factors. So again, and again, just what, again, what the media, what society point, just, so how is a child supposed to but navigate that? But that goes to my that? point. That exactly goes to my point. When back in the day, we were we were a little bit more astute at navigating our circumstance to overcome and compensate. We now don't compensate. We just ride it out. We just apply for our food stamps. We just apply for our, our, our housing vouchers and wait for years to get it approved. We would just take the crumbs and wait for them to satiate us, knowing that they never will. Well, we know that because the game hasn't changed. Well, let me just say this. So let's not act like... Even though people are doing that, they don't have other hustles. And, and so I I'm not agree. saying I support or agree with it. So, yeah, because sometimes food stamps are not going to cut it. Sometimes that little TANF or whatever you want to call it, a little welfare check, that's not going to cut it. So people have all kind of hustles, whether they sell them themselves or, or selling drugs or something. Somehow they're getting a little income coming in to, you know, to top off what they're getting. And this is the thing. God forgive me, the way that Blacks have been treated in this country, I am not surprised when we have the number of people that don't want to do jack. I, 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 I'm I, sorry. I'm not saying I support or encourage it, but it's like I kind of I, I kind of get the mentality that? to some. I'm not saying I agree or support it because, again, I can understand something and not agree with something. Yeah. But I really feel that's what's in the water. But that's in the air. Also, but can we not also acknowledge that some people are perpetuating a victim mentality? Because you you I can't speak for anyone else. I just know my own personal experience. And all I'm saying is that I didn't come from any significantly affluent family. I am sure I probably was with everyone else who grew up in the 70s and 80s who were quite impoverished. We didn't, we, I think we went to a bougie private school for maybe all the two years. And then we had to go elsewhere just because. And I'm not saying that I came from any particularly great situation, but I was aware enough to recognize that I did not like that which I came from. I wanted something different. And God help me, people make it seem like I got some great epiphany. No, I didn't. I just recognized that I didn't like being poor. I recognized that I didn't like being a product of a single parent household. So I wanted something different. And so when you talk about you don't understand, I don't understand that. I don't understand when you are in a neighborhood, you got to crawl over drug addicts. You got 
urine smell in your hallway. You got trash in your And how come you don't want to do anything different? If you know your mom didn't graduate high school, wouldn't you want to make it your business to graduate from high school? If you know your mom never held a job, wouldn't you want to make it your business that when you can get a job, you go and get one? So for me, I don't know why we have to mandate, dictate, or educate, or teach when you know what you don't like. If you don't like it, wouldn't the thing to do would be to avoid it? That would make sense. That would make sense. I, I still feel that there's a lot of trauma there. I feel like there's a lot of delayed and intellectual disability. I won't say disabilities, but some um, deficiencies. I think that's okay. a better word. I won't call it a disability because I'm not I'm not that so person to make that decision. But there are definitely some deficiencies. So all I'm saying is that executive functioning is just not where it needs to be. So we're almost out of time. And uh, we definitely got to continue with this. Because, I, I mean, at this point, I feel like we have very strong opinions about this particular topic. And and I definitely, I'm definitely and agreeing with you. It's not simple. It's not. It's not. So um, thank you, everybody, for uh, listening. Um, let us know that you like what we're uh, saying. Please share your thoughts and comments. Absolutely. Dale Marshall. Davina Richardson. Abigail P. Walker. This is Twisted Roots Podcast. Bye-bye.